Hello and welcome to the Tribute Equine Connection podcast. We are going to do something a little bit different this week. This is Dr. Nicole Rambo, if you don't recognize me by my voice. And I have two new co-hosts with me today. I will let them introduce themselves in a second. But what we wanted to do is have a little bit more informal discussion of some of the case studies that come through our equine specialists. So they talk to you guys every single day and they spend a lot of time not making product recommendations course they do that too, but really learning about you and your individual horse and trying to find a program that's the best fit for your needs. And some really fun, I think, educational stuff comes from those processes. So we're going to have a little bit of an informal discussion. You'll have to let us know how you like it. This is a test, Um, but I'm very, very happy to welcome Sarah and Heather to the podcast. I'm going to have them introduce themselves and then we'll dive into one of our case studies. Sarah, will you go ahead and tell us about yourself? Hi there. This is Sarah. Thank you so much for having us in, Dr. Rambo. We're super excited to share with you all. Um, like like Dr. Rambo said, you know, we get to chat with horse owners every day. Um, we definitely have our regulars, which we have fun with. And, and we've started to really get a lot of referrals of just, you know, um, helping horse owners, you know, uh, figure out what the best thing to do for their horses and really just creating those relationships have been super fun for us. And Heather, welcome. So glad to have you here as well. Hi, I'm Heather Fatzinger. I am a registered veterinary technician and one of our equine specialists and would like to thank you, Dr. Rambo, for having us on today. Get us a little bit outside of our normal comfort zone. Oh, Heather, we're going to have so, so much fun. All right. So I want uh, Sarah to set the stage for us. This was a really fun situation. So what we'll do is she'll kind of introduce us a bit to our situation, um, what's going on. We'll talk about kind of some general questions we might ask, some things that we might think about in an individual case study, and then we'll dig into kind of the more specifics of this individual one. Awesome. Absolutely. So we had Miss Teresa. She had reached out to us. She had a weanling. His name was Mikey. Very pretty uh, Bayron quarter horse. Teresa had mentioned that Mikey had stopped eating his growth pellet. He's been on growth pellet ever since he was three months of age, and all of a sudden he stopped eating it. We wanted to dive in and just figure out what was going on uh, in this current situation and see if there was any adjustments that needed to be made to his diet. Awesome. So I know all of you have probably experienced the, oh no, my horse is not eating. And whenever I have these situations, either personally or I'm troubleshooting with one of you, you know, there's a couple different things that I might think about. Uh, number one, how well do we know the horse? Because there are some horses that like the littlest disruption in their life makes them go off their feed. And I'm not saying we aren't worried about those individuals and we don't want to dive in, but some horses you're like, ah, okay, we had contractors here and they were making a lot of noise right outside the stall during feeding time. It's maybe not surprising that horse didn't eat. We'll see how it does tomorrow. Then there are other situations. We all know that like super, super food motivated horse who never skips a meal. And if that horse skips a meal, immediately Mm -hmm. my thought goes to like, is there some sort of underlying issue? Are we colicking? Do we have a virus? Is there some reason that horse isn't feeling well? So in that case, instead of, you know, reaching out to someone like Sarah or Heather first, you know, my recommendation would be take their temp, monitor their vitals, maybe touch base with your vet. 
So let's say in this situation, we've ruled out that this isn't a horse who's all of a sudden gone off his feed because he's not eating uh, because he doesn't feel well. So we've ruled that out. So then we think about what are other reasons a horse might not be eating. Heather, you know, what would be your next question in this situation? So typically I would dive into our typical quality questions, take a look at, you know, some gathering some information on the feed itself just to verify that there, you know, is nothing going on in that department, that the feed is fresh, that there hadn't been, you know, rotation issues from a dealership or anything like that going on. And and then we start to dig into the horse's environment, asking if there's been any changes in activity feeding any supplements that might have been mixed in that wouldn't be palatable to the horse. Ah, yes. All good points. So to the quality one, you know, our goal in any feed company's goal is to make good quality feed that leaves and horses all love it. But we all recognize sometimes stuff can go wrong. You know, maybe it's not been stored properly. Heather touched on a really important one. Are we rotating our feed? We obviously want it as fresh as possible. So in that situation, you know, we have those quality questions. One of my big questions is, and maybe it doesn't pertain to this individual because maybe we only had one foal and he was the only one on the feed, but are multiple horses not eating the feed or is it only one horse who is being fed the same feed who's not eating it? Absolutely. When multiple horses take issue, especially like if you've just opened a new bag, that's a ding, 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 that there's probably something that we need to dig into on the feed quality itself. A lot of times though, you know, it's multiple horses and just one has gone off their feed. And that's not to say that like maybe storage wasn't perfect and that's an extra picky individual. But in those situations, I tend to lean more into Heather's next thought was what's going on in the environment. So Sarah, I'm guessing those are the next things that you asked. All right. Awesome. So what sort of things did you uncover? And I will say, I, I just have a general question more for me. Over how long a period of time was this correspondence? I know people talk to you lots of different ways. Was this like one phone call? Did you and Teresa email back and forth? Kind of how much time did you spend digging into this? Yes. Great, great question. And just stepping back one step further, um, you know, she just had the the one weanling um, that was on growth and then she had two age geldings that were eating essential K. So was able to rule out some of those steps prior. Um, but yes, so we, uh, Teresa and I, she called in, we started uh, chatting back and forth um, to determine what was going on here. And our correspondence, you know, really is is still going on. So we check in every once in a while. But um, our initial correspondence probably went on for a solid three to four days. Just, again, figure out what was going on. And, again, deep diving deeper into the conversation, asking many questions. You know, this weanling, he was not recently vaccinated. So we didn't have to worry about that because, you know, there uh, some horses tends to back off eating once they get vaccinated. And then she she mentioned, she's like, I wormed him. And I was like, okay, very interesting. And I said, well, Teresa, wh- where did you worm him, if you don't mind me asking? And she said, well, I just wormed him in a stall. And I'm like, okay. I said, you know, is that where you typically feed him? And she said, yes. <laughs> and I said, okay. And then um, what she, what had happened is she had actually gave him his feed in his feed pan, so his growth pellet in his feed 
bucket, you know, right in his stall shortly after he wormed him. And I said, okay, Teresa, this is going to sound crazy, but I know you have essential K on hand. How about you take him outside, <laughs> you know, completely away from his stall and his feed bucket and uh, just offer him some essential K right in the feed pan and see what, see how he does. So she saw, shot me a message a while after and she said, oh my God, he ate it. So that was really cool. Um, and, and she had said, you know, I, I, I went to wash the bucket and, uh, and I said, that's awesome. That being said, some of these guys are just a little funky and, and it just came about that he, um, you know, he just associated being wormed with the growth pellet because he got fed in a stall where he was wormed, um, right in the same, in the same bucket there. That's awesome. And one of the cool things about this, there's always something new, right? Now, point of clarity that I'm curious about. Did she deworm him with like tube dewormer in his mouth or did she put it in the bucket on top of his feet? He was wormed with a tube dewormer in his mouth. So that being said, you know, I'm sure you guys have done this before. When they do get wormed, oftentimes you can start to see some paste on on their lips. So you know, if he went, you know, right to his bucket, he could have gotten some worming paste on his bucket in his stall, scratched his leg, you know, and he's a weanling too, and he's very, very well behaved. Um, but there also can be some some things going on there. That is horses for you. That is so funny. Um, and actually one that you brought up, like was the horse recently vaccinated? I will tell a funny personal story. So I met little horse Leo, who we have mentioned on the podcast before, and he previously had a colic surgery and it was the morning after he was vaccinated and, and, you know, feed, doing some things that come back. Oh my God, Leo hasn't fed. Immediate panic. And I stop and I watch the horse for the minute. I went, oh no, he can't put his head down because his neck is a little sore and he's fed off the ground. So yeah, lots of those context clues where, guys, my job is to know these things. But in the moment it went, oh my God, my little horse isn't eating. And then just waited a second and went, ah, okay, there's a very obvious reason he wasn't eating. Thankfully, no panic in that particular situation. Part of the reason I had asked about whether he was tubed in his mouth or in the bucket is absolutely, I think that dewormer um, smell anywhere can be a problem. Sometimes I do see people with weanlings where they're not handled a lot and they try to put it in their feed, which can cause this type of issue. And it also, unfortunately, you don't often get all of your dewormer in there. So she absolutely was doing things 100% right, tube deworming him in his mouth, but then, you know, maybe waiting a little bit to feed afterwards to not have that association. But yeah, that is pretty neat. Um, definitely a new one for me. But like I said, that's the cool part about horses. There are always new and interesting things we find. And we hope you have enjoyed kind of digging a little bit deeper into a specific case. If you personally have one you want to talk about, uh, please send it to us. A, we are here to help at any time. Um, and B, I think it'll be a little, lot of fun to dig into these more interesting ones. Uh, we'll maybe do some product recommendations. As you know, our typical podcast, we don't talk a ton about products, but we've had some requests of like, okay, my horse has that. How would you recommend we feed it? And that's something we can do here as well. So as always, we appreciate you as listeners, um, always here to help. And if you have comments, suggestions, things you want to hear on the podcast, please reach out to us, Facebook, Instagram. You can also reach out to us through our website, www.tributeequinenutrition.com. Thanks so much for listening.